Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today's another AMA episode, that is, Ask Me Anything. I love to answer your questions, and if you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to victor at victorjm.com. That's victor at victorjm.com. Today's question comes from Vishal in Canada. He said, have we recently touched on the subject about the flight of capital to the U.S. from Canada, specifically for wealthy families? If not, would you mind letting us know what you think is happening, and is it real, or is it too far-fetched a possibility? Are you worried that we may be coming to a point where investments and wealthy family offices shy away from Canada? Your thoughts are always enlightening and call for some thinking on my part. Let us know what your thoughts are. Well, Vishal, this is a great question. The article that you linked in your email is from the Financial Post, and it speaks about having assets in safe jurisdictions outside your country of residence as part of the solution for long-lasting wealth. If you're a student of history, governments have a history of confiscating wealth. I don't see this as a Canada-U.S. issue at all. And from that perspective, I disagree with the article. I see the problem as more general. You only need to look at the confiscation of gold in the United States in the 1930s. In that instance, the government of Franklin Roosevelt seized all the gold bullion and coins via executive order, forcing citizens to sell at below market rates. The government paid $20.67 an ounce. And then immediately after that confiscation, the government set a new official rate for gold at $35 an ounce as part of the Gold Reserve Act of 1934. Those who have experienced the horrors of the Second World War and perhaps any other global conflict have the notion of both physical and financial safety in the back of their minds. That means having a place you can escape to in a moment of need. The recent events in the Ukraine have highlighted again the importance of having a plan B. This is not just financial in nature. Some people simply want a second choice of a place to call home in the event of what could be perceived as persecution. During the Second World War, Canada imprisoned Canadian citizens of Japanese origin under the War Measures Act. The suspension of civil liberties happened in one of the few truly free countries in the world, yet it happened here. These types of events can and do happen, even in supposedly free countries. My family was born in Italy. We lost property during the war. We had property on a Greek island confiscated by the Greek government who argued that we had abandoned the property during the war. We had to take the Greek government to court and prove that we had indeed not abandoned the property and we actually ultimately prevailed. During the last few years, a growing number of countries around the world have started introducing special residency programs aimed at attracting remote workers and digital nomads. And then there are the so-called golden visas. Someone with two passports has more options than someone with one. Many countries have been offering these golden visas with a minimum investment requirement in order to be fast-tracked into a permanent residency option. And many nations have visitor visas that are granted on a discretionary basis at the point of entry only for a limited time. That might get you entry for 30 to 180 days depending on the country. But if you really need to escape to avoid persecution, then having that option is much easier than claiming asylum and hoping that the country will let you in as a refugee. Some countries offer a pathway to citizenship based on ancestry. That includes countries like Spain, Portugal, and Italy. Canada still remains the envy of the world in terms of offering relative stability and the rule of law. And while those with wealth may seek a safe haven as a plan B, I would not interpret that as a flight of capital. I would simply consider that to be prudent. I'm not talking about global money laundering that's been widely documented and is the subject of recent asset freezing by multiple governments. 
but the unilateral freezing and seizure of assets without due process should be concerning to any freedom-loving individual. This is the overreach that the article in the Financial Post spoke about. A highly public freezing of bank accounts associated with the peaceful trucker protest in Ottawa has also caused a lot of freedom-loving people to stand up and take notice. There are people living in less free societies around the world who are looking for ways to bring capital into Canada and into the U.S. to protect their assets. And many countries have histories of implementing currency controls in an effort to prevent a flight of capital. Right now, China has those types of restrictions in place, limiting the export of money. Is Canada experiencing a flight of capital? Is the U.S. experiencing a flight of capital? It's very hard to say. In the old days, people would travel with a suitcase full of gold bars to protect their wealth. And today, almost the entire financial system is located in banks with digital access and governments have the ability to reach in and take what they want. Canada's tax code is at the heavy end of the spectrum, and it wouldn't surprise me to see wealthy individuals using the tax code legally to structure their affairs to pay what they owe within the rules, even if that means using more creative international structures. I want to thank you, Vishal, for a fabulous question. And for the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.